There's something about Snow White that nobody talks about. A huge plot hole that I find myself thinking about a lot. I guess it's understandable. Disney's Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, released in 1937, was the animation studio's first feature-length film, and it set the mold for the entire industry. But it was also clearly limited in what it could do. The film is a beautiful, dreamy achievement. But if I'm honest with myself, it's probably the Disney movie I've watched the least. The other films in the Disney canon count as some of my favorite movies of all time, and I revisit them constantly. But Snow White, with its less impressive animation, one-dimensional characterization, and sometimes stilted dialogue, isn't a movie I find myself watching over and over again. But it is a movie I think about all the time. Some of the images are so iconic, totemic even. The mournful face of the man in the mirror, a tragedy mask seemingly separated from its comic counterpart, sadly declaring that the queen is not yet the fairest in all the land, the face of the huntsman as he's about to plunge the knife into Snow White's back before he repents, the ominous image of the box containing that same huntsman's heart, his punishment after deceiving the queen with a pig's heart instead of Snow White's. And of course, my favorite aspect of the entire movie, the image of Snow White's Prince Charming, a nameless, essentially voiceless character who is always seen wearing lipstick. But when I think about Snow White, there's one character I think about more than any other. The evil queen. Because the movie is really about her, more than anyone else. It's about a woman so obsessed with her own beauty that she'll stop at nothing to make sure that no one can outdo her in that department. But there's another side to the evil queen, something nobody really talks about something I find utterly fascinating. If you remember Snow White at all, you'll probably recall the Evil Queen's transformation scene. I'll go myself to the dwarf's cottage in a disguise so complete no one will ever suspect. At this point in the story, the Queen, disappointed by the Huntsman's inability to kill Snow White for her, realizes, as every bad bitch must, that if you want something done, you have to goddamn do it yourself. So she descends into her lair and puts together a potion that will shroud her in what she calls the perfect disguise. Obviously, Snow White already knows the queen is out to kill her, so she has to appear to be someone or something else. And that something else is the complete opposite of what the queen has always wanted to be. An old crone, so hideous to look at, that her own pet crow quivers to see his queen turn into her. beauty into ugliness. Change my queenly raiment to a peddler's cloak. The transformation itself is one of the most technically and visually stunning moments of the film. It's the one place where you really notice the camera work, something you're not really supposed to notice in an animated feature. But this is obviously the first of the genre, and it had to break a few rules. The queen drinks the potion. She clutches at her throat. The camera spins. Her eyes widen, her hair loosens and turns gray. Suddenly it's all taking effect. Black bubbles leap up and swirl around the figure of the queen, who looks like she's in pain at first, but then appears to drift into something more like pleasure. Her hands turn wrinkled and claw-like. Finally, her voice. My voice. My voice. <laughs> the 
transformation complete, she cackles in delight, excited by how successful the potion was. It's a scene of pure and complete gender euphoria, even more powerful in some ways than Ariel's painful underwater bottom surgery scene in The Little Mermaid, and with only half the trauma of that iconic scene. So at this point I'm thinking, wait a minute, if this woman's whole motivation throughout the entire movie is to be the fairest of them all, why the fuck is she so happy to be looking this ugly? There doesn't seem to be any antidote to the potion, and even after poisoning Snow White with the famous apple, the queen remains in her old crone disguise, gleefully laughing and seeming to enjoy her new body and face. She even dies before she can return to her original form, like it's not even a question on her mind. So what the fuck, is this the biggest plot hole of all time, <laughs> or am I missing something? Well, obviously it's a lot more complicated than that. Queer people have always had a pretty warm relationship with representations of the monstrous on screen, and there are plenty of reasons why. If you've spent any time amongst cis gay men, for instance, you've probably noticed that they have a love for classic feminine beauty and ancient withered crones that go hand in hand. We can adore and worship female beauty and perfection and its darker half, the specter of the aging, stop giving a fuck 40 years ago hag who exists to make incisive quips and bring everyone to their knees with a savage read hunty. Being gay is, in a sense, loving Marilyn Monroe and Jane Russell to the exact degree that you love Mary Wicks and Margaret Hamilton, because these are two sides of femininity that are equally exciting. The idea of the beautiful, eternally young, sexy, feminine persona, and the idea of the woman who has aged out of that demographic and come into her true, villainous, awe-inspiring power as a bad bitch who gives no fucks and takes no prisoners. Who among us isn't obsessed with Ursula, or the three campy witches of Hocus Pocus, or Angelica Houston in the original witches movie, removing her wig. Who among us doesn't live for Maleficent busting into the ceremony and placing a curse on Sleeping Beauty just because she wasn't invited? Work. The truth is, there's power in ugliness. And in Disney movies, being a powerful woman almost always means that you're banished from society, in exile, usually with your skin a different color than everyone else's. Your body is also probably a different shape than everyone else in the movie. Oh, and one other important thing. You're probably going to be the only person who is visibly older in the entire landscape of the film. Or at least the only woman. To be an older woman in these movies means that you are instantly placed in a Miss Havisham type role. Bitter, angry, and looking to hurt everyone. Which, to be clear, is amazing and iconic and extremely queer. That's why I keep coming back to this transformation scene, I think. Because I don't actually view it as a plot hole or lazy characterization. I think in creating this character, or adapting it from the original fairy tale at least, Disney accidentally hit on something important. The freedom that aging, or embracing a certain presumed quote-unquote ugliness, can sometimes give us. Think about it. In this culture, people spend their entire lives trying to be beautiful enough to be loved. It's exhausting, and the burden of being young and traditionally gorgeous forever always falls on women. For trans and cis women alike, the messaging is obvious. You'll be worth something, as long as you remain traditionally gorgeous, young, and thin. But we've seen how that's a lie, and we've seen how it backfires. Marilyn Monroe might still be worshipped as a goddess, but we know that the way she was fetishized for her beauty hurt her consistently. Actresses are constantly being worshipped for their beauty and nothing else, as if that's the only part of them of any value. So imagine the excitement the queen might feel. Someone who has for her entire life 
desperately needed to be the fairest in the land, simply to feel that she has any worth. To finally get to embrace getting old, getting ugly, hearing her voice deepen and her skin wrinkle, it's so contrary to everything she's been told to want forever. It's contrary to everything every woman has been told to want for herself. So of course it feels like freedom. In a certain sense, it is. Obviously, there's a lot of complexity within this. We're often told to see beauty and ugliness as a binary rather than two points on a spectrum that's always entirely subjective. But the reality is that for trans folks, it can sometimes feel like we're only valued and respected by cis people when we're classically beautiful or able to pass in a certain way. And for some folks at the start of transition, it feels scary to admit that we want to feel beautiful, that it's not enough to be able to live as the gender that feels right for us, but that we want to feel beautiful within that gender. It's a struggle that we all face, I'm pretty sure. After all, we do live in an extremely shallow, capitalistic society that, as the adage goes, calls us ugly to sell us shit. And it hits this community especially hard. That's why I love this scene so much. It's the rare moment in any movie, not just a Disney film, where a woman embraces the idea of aging, having her beauty disappear to make room for a different kind of power. A confidence and a self-understanding that comes from within. The Queen's transition is from being what society celebrates and respects, to becoming someone that she personally wants to be. What's cooler than that? Totally Trans Minisodes is a production of the Totally Trans Podcast Network. You can find us on Twitter at Totally Trans Pod or support us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash totallytrans. <laughs>